So we enjoy the house of God. We enjoy being with God's people. And you know when we <clears throat> really enjoy it more than ever, and I can speak for myself from experience, is I like being around God's people because God's people know how to get a hold of God in a time of need. God's people know how to pray. God's people know the source of their supply. God's people, when trouble comes, they don't fold up and, and uh, fall apart like a soggy donut, like the people of this world do. They don't wring their hands. We might wring our hands for a moment or two, but then we remember that we have a God who is an ever-present help in a time of need, and in a time of trouble, He bids us to come and unpack our cares at His feet, and He will lift our burdens and help us through. I look across this congregation, even the people that are here and some who are not here, but I can remember your times of trouble, that we walked through those as a church and as a pastor together. I remember some of you had cancer. Like me, you had cancer, uh, and you needed prayer, and you needed encouragement. And, you know, the Holy Spirit always gives encouragement and helps you during those times of need. But you know what the Holy Spirit likes to do? He likes to motivate God's people to be His hands and feet and to be His voice to give encouragement, to touch and to hug, to meet needs, and to supply your needs when you're in trouble. That's what God does. He works through His people to bring blessing to those that are in need and those going through trouble. There's times we just need a word of encouragement. There's times when the enemy has been whispering thoughts of God's abandonment to us, and when in the clear promises of God, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, that I will be with you. I will send my Holy Spirit to you, and He will comfort you. He will guide you into all truth. He will be a help to you. And I can tell you that God keeps His Word. I don't know what issues you are going through right now, but I can tell you that I have been through issues, and I have found God to be faithful to His Word. There are hard times that come. When trouble comes, hard times come, whether it's in the economy, whether it's your job, whether it's your security financially, worrying about the stock market, worrying about your investments, worrying about your car, how are you going to fix your car, worrying about your transportation needs, your housing needs, how are you going to send your kids to college. I don't know about all those things, but I know a God who does. Amen? I know a God who does. That He is there for us. He is with us. He will help you in a time of need. We can come freely to Him and receive help and mercy in a time of need. Troubled times can bring uncertainty, but we know the God of all certainty. And fear of the unknown can bring torment, but we know the God who can rid us of torment and bring peace in that time. Fear can rob us of, of the future God has planned for us because we'll back off and we'll stay away. We won't extend ourselves in faith to go and do what God has called us to do. But faith in Jesus Christ and His Word will conquer fear and cause you to be a victor over your fears. It may cause us to back off and protect the status quo. It's kind of like circling the wagons in the Old West. You ever used to watch Westerns like I do? I still love to watch Westerns. I know we have a deacon here who loves Westerns, and I, and I just have an affinity there, but you know, I love old John Wayne movies, and I love the old uh, cowboy and Indian shoot 'em up things. I like to even watch the old Lone Ranger series that's on uh, so many channels today, Western channel and others. Uh, I enjoy seeing it when the good guys wore white hats and the bad guys wore black hats. That way you could tell them apart, right? And, and the good guys always won in the end, 
right? They may have been in trouble, but the good guys win. I liked Roy Rogers, you know, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. You know, they were actually believers in Christ. They were good, solid believers in Christ who did a lot of good works. In fact, there was a revival on the RKO Studios lot during those years in the 40s and 50s when they were shooting all those westerns, and, and many people got saved. They had Bible studies there. They had church, cowboy church, and everything else, and they were the good guys. And I love watching the good guys win. I know that many times in those old series, the Dale Evans and Roy Rogers series, that there would be actually, you could watch that and get saved sometimes because they had explained the gospel to you. I mean, clear message of the gospel, reading scripture on TV. Why, it's outrageous, don't you think? <clears throat> Somebody ought to tell the ACLU. I mean, they ought to do something about that and stop that, right? But God shows up. When we're in trouble, God shows up to help us. He shows up to comfort us through our difficulties. I can tell you right now that in my difficulties, He was there all the time. But you know what felt really good was when people came and they were there too, motivated by the Spirit of God, say, Pastor, I just wanted to drop by and pray for you. I remember when I was recovering from my surgery from cancer, and, <clears throat> and uh, Nick came to see me at the house. You remember that, Nick? You can drop in. You say, Pastor, I just want to drop in and say how you're doing and pray for you. And I thought, boy, that felt good. Linda and Jim Yonkies dropped by to see me, and they came in and prayed for me. Dennis and Ruth Schmidt stopped by to pray with me. And, I, boy, I tell you, that felt good. It felt like, you know, God, you really care about me because you sent these people to me to help me. Have you ever felt that way? God just shows up through people. That's a wonderful thing. But I'll tell you, when our faith rises in times of trouble, it may hit the ground and maybe burst into a bunch of ashes and flames. But listen, when our faith rises, because we then remember the promises of God, <clears throat> our faith rises from the ashes, uh, like a phoenix rising up from the ashes. And fear and intimidation is crushed under the weight of God's promises on the way to his word. Our text today is taken from Isaiah chapter 41 verses 10 through 13. <clears throat> Take a look at it up here. It's, it, it says, God speaking through his prophet to the people of God, to Israel, uh, in trouble sometimes. Oh, they seem like they're always in trouble, right? You know, sometimes it seems like we're always in trouble. Well, guess what? The good news is God's word is for every generation of believers, it transcends the centuries, the years. It is relevant in every generation. And he says this, don't be afraid. And you say, well, that's easy for you to say, God, you're God, and I'm, I'm going through trouble. Don't be afraid. Why, God says, why should you not be afraid? Why is because I am with you. I am with you. We're talking about, listen, not just empty words. We're talking about the God of the universe, the God of creation, the God of our Father uh, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, says, don't be afraid because I'm with you. And you may have been maybe going through trouble and, and maybe somebody like Nick or Dennis and Ruth or, you know, uh, Linda and Jim didn't come by to see you. You say, well, nobody came by. But guess what? God is there right by your side. You know, there's times during this COVID where uh, the saints of God who are in nursing homes or in the hospital, they're not allowed visitors to come in there. Your family couldn't come see you, and it's breaking their heart. My son-in-law, my, my, my oldest daughter, his father <clears throat> died of COVID in the hospital in Arizona, and it drove him crazy. It still hurts him that they wouldn't let me in to see my dad until he was in a coma, and then he died. And that's crushing. But you know what? Uh, Mark's dad was a believer. 
that he trusted in Jesus as Savior, and he was not alone. The Holy Spirit was with him. God is with us in a time of trouble. My grandmother, you know, she, they, they found her a couple days after she passed away in her assisted living apartment, and she's in there when they found her. She had her glasses down here and fell on the floor, cause my, and she would read, and her Bible was on her lap. She was reading her Bible, and I used to watch my grandmother. She'd take her glasses off, and she'd rub her eyes and hold her glasses down like this. And the Lord took her, and her glasses fell to the ground next to her chair, but her Bible was open. And my mother said, oh, I feel so bad because she was by herself. She was alone. And I said, no, she wasn't alone. The Holy Spirit was there. Jesus was there. He is with us in a time of trouble and a time of need. He is always with us. And he tells us, don't be discouraged for I am with you, for I am your God. You know, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. And he says in verse 11, see, all of your angry enemies lie there confused and humiliated. Anyone who opposes you will die and come to nothing. You will look in vain for those who tried to conquer you. Those who, <clears throat> who attack you will come to nothing. For I hold you in my right hand. That's the saving arm of God, the strong arm of God. It is the arm that reached down into the pits of hell and reached down to save you and lift you up and seat you on higher ground with Christ Jesus, the righteous. He is the one. That is his saving right hand. And he says, I, the Lord, your God. I, the Lord, your God. Not another. <clears throat> if this promise came from a human being, they might mean well, they might intend to do this, but if they don't have the power or the time or the ability to do it, then it's not going to happen. But God is not a man that he can lie. And he says, I say to you, don't be afraid. He says this again. He reminds us over and over again. In fact, throughout the scriptures, you've heard this many times before, there's at least 366 times where he tells us not to be afraid. In the word of God. The Word of God tells us 366 times. That's one for every day of the year and one extra for leap year. God helps us in a time of need. And he says, I tell you again, don't be afraid. Reminds us, in case you forgot, just a few verses up, I told you I'm reminding you again. Why does God remind us? Because we're people and we forget. When do we forget? When we're going through trouble. That's when we start to question and wonder where God is. And he says, I am here to help you. I remember Ronald Reagan saying that that's the worst thing you could ever hear from the government. I'm here to help you. When they say that, you're in trouble. See? But God, when he says, I'm here to help you, you can take it to the bank. Amen? So we have, first of all, the comfort of his presence here in the Scripture. Verse 10 uh, uh, in this passage of Scripture in our text says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged because I'm your God. We have the comfort of knowing that God will never leave us or forsake us, that Jesus promised that he would never leave us as orphans, that he would not leave us as orphans, but he would send the Holy Spirit to help us and comfort us and to lead us and guide us into all the truth. You know, Psalm, or excuse me, uh, John chapter 14 uh, uh, tells us that I will never leave you alone. He tells us in this passage, don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. Sometimes when we're going through trouble, discouragement comes on. You know what discouragement is? It's the opposite of courage. Sometimes we are very courageous. We can be courageous when everything's going well. 
We can be courageous when we're winning the victory, but sometimes when, when things are slowing down, when things are bad, sometimes we can become discouraged, and we need to be encouraged by the God uh, who encourages us by His promises. Sometimes storms may threaten us, storms of life, storms that come, storms that go. There was incredible, unprecedented, they say, flooding uh, in the east because of the Hurricane Ida, and people have gone through things that they have never gone. And I, can I tell you that a lot of those people were uh, were believers. A lot of those churches that were destroyed were Christian churches that preached the gospel. The trouble comes, but the good news is that God is there to help in a time of trouble during the storms of life. Sometimes there's other storms, financial storms, health storms, uh, other types of storms, relationship storms. We have a God who can help us during those times. He's the one who spoke to the wind and waves to be still. And just like that, they were calm. And the sea became like glass. Not settled down, but totally down. We are never alone to fend for ourselves. And whenever we're afraid, we can remember that God is with us. What does the Word of God tell us? I love the Word of God, don't you? I got a lot of scriptures here today for you. Psalms chapter 56, verses 9 through 11. The psalmist says, when I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Can you say that God is for me? God is for you, not against you. God has raised you up to be the head and not the tail. God has called you to be victorious. In fact, he promises that he will lead us into all triumph, that he will lead us in his triumphal procession. God promises that you will be okay, even though what you're going through, you don't feel okay, you don't feel safe. I once... uh, was asked by one of the board members when, when I was dealing with health insurance issues because of rising costs, and this is before Obamacare came and saved us all, um, but uh, I was concerned, and, and one of the board members asked me, he said, uh, uh, you know, with this uh, insurance I had that really wasn't insurance, but I was trying to get something to at least cover me for hospitalization, and he asked me, and he said, he said hey, pastor, how do you feel about that? I said, I feel like a fat man on thin ice. Well, when you feel like a fat man on thin ice, God is there to uphold you. He's there to save you if the ice breaks. He's there to protect you and to lift you up. Somebody say amen. So when I cry out to you, the psalmist says, then my enemies turn back. This I know. How do I know it? Because God is for me. He's not against me. And he goes on in verse 10. He says, in God, I will praise his word. He's excited about the word of God because the word of God brings the promises of God to us. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The psalmist gets excited about that. He said, in the Lord, I will praise his word. And verse 11, in God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do to me. You know what the psalmist was really saying? He was saying that, hey, I can either be afraid or I can be courageous. Either way, I'm going to go through this trial. Either way, i got to work my way through this trouble. You know what I've decided since I'm going to have to do that anyway? I'm just going to trust God anyway. Amen? You're going to go through trials whether you trust God or not. Why not just trust God and know that he's there to help you in a time of need? Why go through it all by yourself? Isn't that crazy when we have a God who can help us? We have a God who is for us. We have a God who will keep his promises. So I'm going to put my trust in God and I choose I make a choice not to be afraid. You know, I'm not going to be afraid. So when fear stalks me, when it comes against me and tries to get me to bite the baited hook of what if this happens? What if this goes wrong? Oh, what are you going to do? It's like, I'm going to put my trust in God. You know, I don't have all the answers. Somebody say amen. Amen. 
You don't have all the answers, but I know one who does. I know who one who does. And, and <clears throat> he's for me. He's not against me. And so secondly, we have the comfort of his power. I love that we have a God who not only can speak promises, but he has the power to keep his promises. He keeps his word. I know a lot of people don't keep their word. In fact, we live in a generation and a culture of liars. And somebody says, you're talking about politicians. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about, well, about the people of God, I trust. But I'm talking about people. They lie just, just like that. And sometimes they lie just because they wanted to lie. You know, it's like the truth isn't going to hurt them, but they just lie anyway because they're so used to lying. Now, this is the truth. I have seen people like that. I'm in my office, and, and I just say, what you just said isn't true. Oh, you're right, Pastor. You're right. I'm sorry I did. And they, they go on and start telling their story again, and all of a sudden they're lying again. I say, you're telling lies again. You're not telling the truth. Oh, you're right, Pastor. I'm sorry. And this truly happened another time, third time. And I said, look, look. <coughs> I researched everything. I know all the truth about this. Don't lie to me anymore. Tell the truth. If you want help, I'll help you. I'll be there for you. But you can't lie. It's not going to get you anywhere but more trouble. And it's just like they're just lie because they can lie. I don't understand that, especially when it comes to God's people. We should not be lying. We should speak to every man the truth, the Word tells us, to be transparent in all things. Right? To be transparent, to, to not even be tainted by uncertainty of, un, of non-transparency. But we have the comfort of his power, that he's going to strengthen us and he's going to help us. He's going to hold us up with my victorious, God says, my victorious right hand. So the Lord invites us. He invites us. He gives us an invitation. You can call it an gra engraved invitation on fancy paper and gold letters, whatever you want to call it. It's the Word of God. Come. I'll help you. I'll hold you up with my victorious right hand. He didn't say my defeated right hand. He didn't say his left hand, but he, my strong saving arm. I'll hold you up. And what is Isaiah 40, 29 says, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. They say, well, I just feel so powerless. I feel so weak. Well, of course you do. You're a human being. The psalmist said, oh, Lord, remember, we're just dust. We're weak vessels. Uh, you know, we're, we're frail in our frame. God, remember us in our times of trouble. One time, remember us. Don't forget me, God, when I grow old. You know, I'm getting old. But I'm still younger than a lot of you. I think i got a lot of years left, God willing, to, to do the work of God. And I'm excited about the future more than I ever have been before, about what God is going to do, what God is going to do through the people of God in this, these last days. Yeah, there's trouble out there in the culture. There's, there's difficulty everywhere. There's lying politicians. They're stretching this country and pulling it down into the pits, it seems like. Morality has taken a nosedive that would make the founding fathers roll over in their graves if they would even have even imagined there would be a time like this in this nation. But I can tell you one thing. I'm encouraged. Why am I encouraged? Because God has always had a people. God has always had a remnant. God has always had people who held on to the promises of God. People who know how to grab hold of the horns of the altar to pray and intercede and cry out to God for a fresh move of God, for a fresh revelation of of the Spirit, for a fresh hunger for the Word of God, for a fresh wave of holiness by His Holy Spirit, a fresh, fresh wave of revival that will turn the enemy on his ear and drive him back to the gates of hell where he belongs. 
Amen? Are you looking forward to that? Do you believe God for greater things? I'm telling you, I'm getting older, but I have never been stronger in my faith and believing and anticipation of God doing something incredible in these last days, doing something incredible to exude His power, to show His power to a generation who doesn't even know that He exists. He gives power to the weak, strength to the powerless. Somebody says, the weak get run over by the strong. Well, that might be true unless their God is the God we serve. Amen. The Lord works in weaknesses. In fact, the Bible is full of people who were weak at times. We have so many examples. I'm going to give you just a few that they were weak just like us. They went through difficulty just like us or worse than us in their culture. Whether it was Joseph who went boasting to his brothers about the dreams that he had, you know, that ticked him off, made him angry, uh, which led to his brothers betraying him, throwing him in a pit, and then selling him to a caravan into Egypt. Whether it's Gideon holding, hiding in the grain mill uh, from the Midianites and, and hiding there, and then uh, the word of the Lord comes to him. You know, an angel comes down and says, oh, mighty man of valor, and, you know, he's in there hiding, and he hears this voice, oh, mighty man of valor from the angel of the Lord, and he's like... Uh, must be somebody else in here. Thought it was in here. You know, he was not a mighty man of valor. He was cowering because of the enemy, just like the rest of Israel. They were eating their lunch. He was trying to hide some grain so that they didn't steal everything. We could think about the Apostle Paul who was beaten and put into prison multiple times for preaching the gospel. Or we can talk about Simon Peter's fear of, of the enemies of Jesus and denying Jesus three times that night. And then the loneliness and the guilt he felt afterward, uh, he went out and wept bitterly. These are fallible people, frail people, just like you and just like me, taken from the pages of Scripture. However, we know the other side of the story, that Joseph became the governor of Egypt, the prime minister of Egypt, the most powerful and wealthiest country on the planet at that time. In fact, he led them into their wealth. He was second only to Pharaoh in Egypt. God raised him up. You know, God raises people up who are faithful. Amen? And we can talk about the uh, Gideon who came back and victoriously conquered the Midianites, that, that he came against them and he conquered them and brought them into submission uh, to, uh, to the will of God and to the plan of God. Uh, then we can read today about how Peter was reinstated by Jesus in the early church, and, and we think about how the incredible thing, you know, especially going back to Gideon, how the Midianites, <clears throat> who was the enemy, that he had an army that he worked down uh, from a large army down to 300 men. They were valiant men, and they went through and they won the victory with overwhelming odds against them. This is who God is. See, he doesn't need an overwhelming army to overwhelm the enemy. You just need you and God. He took 300 men who were valiant and who were willing to die for their nation and for the sake of God, and they went out and God gave them the victory. I think it can be comforting to know that the work that God is doing will continue on even through our weakest moments that he has a plan and a purpose that the enemy cannot stop when the people of God realize who they are in Christ and take their stand on the promises of God. His promises are still good today. Can I tell you amen to that here and amen? He, he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said to me, to Paul, who was struggling with issues, 
<clears throat> he had thorn in his flesh that he had prayed for God to take away three times, but God said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast, Paul said, all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. God says, you know, Paul, I'm not going to heal you. You know, I'm going to leave that with you, but my grace will see you through. You know, sometimes that's us. God helps us through his grace. Whatever we go through, God will be there for us. 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says that God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, and God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. Aren't you glad to hear about that? I always say that the tiniest little lady who, who's down to skin and bones because of age, and, you know, age is taking its toll, and the years have gone by, and I always say that I remember some of these prayer warriors like Rita uh, Sadowski. And I, you know, I was in there visiting her in the nursing home one time. And, and I thought, boy, she's so frail. She's so thin. She's lost more weight. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, she has more power, spiritual authority in her little finger than the enemy has in all the kingdom of darkness. Because she knows how to get a hold of me in a time of trouble. She knows how to pray. And I'm going to tell you that that ought to be the goal of every believer, young and old, is that I want to develop my prayer life. I want to develop an urgent a dependency upon the Word of God and the promises of God, that I want to get a hold of the horns of the altar and know that my God hears my prayers and He shows up in great power and great anointing. Somebody say amen. God chose the weak things. I'll tell you, sometimes we're weak. But God comes along and he strengthens us. Sometimes we're afraid, but he comes along and infuses us with his courage and his faith. There's a lyrics of, an old, of a song by Matthew West. I listened to it again this morning, and I, just, I was so encouraged by it. I thought, boy, that's good. I love that. But it's, but it's called um, uh, Strong Enough. Maybe some of you know it. Just a few of the, I'm not going to read all the lyrics or put them all up here, but have part of them up there, just the gist of it. He says, maybe that's the point. In other words, that he's weak. Uh, and, and unable to fend for himself. He says, maybe that's the point to reach the point of giving up. Because when I'm finally at rock bottom, well, that's when I start looking up and reaching out. Have you ever hit bottom and you thought, there's no, you know, there's no place to look except up? And sometimes when you're looking up, you see bottom because you're down so far. But the point is you're looking up. The psalmist said, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills whence cometh my help. Lifting up your eyes to the Lord in a time of need and time of trouble, God is there. It proves to us, it teaches us that God is faithful, God is with us. Third point, there's the comfort that we get from his promises. Now, we're talking about the promises of God anyway. We're talking about his power. His power is released through his promises when we appropriate them by faith. But there is comfort in his promises. I don't know about you, when I had cancer, I was sick. I, I, I was so dull, low, I was so depressed after my surgery, I just went through a depression. And you know what saved me? <laughs> well, the strong right arm of God. But I went on computer and went on YouTube and started listening to worship music. I said, with the lyrics up there, so I could remind me of those, I started listening to old hymns. Anybody like old hymns? Oh, I'll tell you, they're rich. They're, they're like good medicine. And I started listening to those, I started listening to testimonies of wonderful saints that were ready to go home and they shared their struggle and their doubts and their fears and how God rescued them and raised them up. And I thought, that's just like me. There, you know, there's no temptation taking you such as this common demand that God will not make a way of escape. And my way of escape was through the testimonies of other people of God who were, went through what I went through. And I began to become encouraged 
I began to have faith again. I began to have joy again. The, the darkness began to leave because the light has come. The light of revelation of reminding me of what I already knew, but in trouble you forget, but then God is there to remind you. I got encouraged because I had trouble reading and focusing my eyes, and I said, Donna, would you just read me your devotional? And she began to read me her devotional, and it was like God was speaking just to me. It was like he's speaking to me. He, God, you wrote that for me. See, that's what God does. And it brought nourishment into my soul and encouragement. And I began to believe God again. I just began to become encouraged. Well, the, uh, you know, Isaiah says in uh, verse 40, or chapter 41, verse 13, he says, For I hold you, God, listen, I hold you by my right hand. Listen, when you can't even stand up because of the weight and the difficulty you're in, God says, I reach down with my right hand and I hold you up. I hold you up. I, the Lord, your God, and I say to you, it's not, you know, God says, it's me just saying you this. Don't be afraid. I'm here to help you. And I tell you, the, nothing more comforting, more encouraging than the words and the promises of God who bring comfort. There are so many distressing things occupying the headlines these days. Do you watch them? Boy, I tell you, I can hardly stand to even watch the news anymore. I don't like to watch it. The, the travesty and the, the horrible things that happened in Afghanistan. And, and I could go on. I'm not going to give you a little commentary. I'll make some of you mad and some of you glad. And, and you, know, uh, you know, I'm just going to say that it's a travesty. That there were Americans still behind enemy lines that were left there. And, and there's Afghan believers who were there that had freedom while the Americans were there. And now they're the persecuted and many facing death and torture, beheading. And we ought to care about the people of God who share faith in Jesus. We ought to care about them, no matter what your political beliefs are. There's people that need help, and God will be there, but God's people should be praying. There are many distressing things. The headlines are just bad news after bad news after bad news. And yet you don't even know what to believe anymore because there's so many lies out there for political purposes. It's hard to wrap your head around things today. It's like the whole world has gone crazy. It's gone mad. But God is still on his throne. God is still ruling and reigning from his throne. He has not been dethroned, nor will he be. There's still Christ Jesus, the righteous, who was raised from the dead after dying for our sins, who was seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us, praying for us to the Father. The people who lived in Bible times were no strangers to atrocities and terrible things, but many were also well acquainted with the character of God who is a loving, protecting father, quick to console his people, and he comforted them and he, as he comforts us now. Do you understand the character of God? Who he is, the character he has. God cannot break his word. He cannot not be with you in times of trouble because he promised he would. He cannot be bad because he is nothing but good. He cannot be unmerciless and uh, to his people because he promised us mercy and grace. Psalms 27.1, the psalmist said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? In light of this revelation, who, can I, who should I be afraid of? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Deuteronomy 31.8, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will 
be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. In Psalms 23, 4, he says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know, in times when we face death, or the potential of dying, this is an anchor. Boy, I tell you, this is bedrock. He walks with us. He is with us. Lamentations 3.22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. We used to sing that. I love that song. It just filled my soul with encouragement. The steadfast. Say steadfast. It is secure. It is, it is not rocky. It is steadfast love of the Lord never Never ceases his mercies, will never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Psalms 46 1. The Lord, the God, is my refuge and strength, a very present help in a time of need. Psalms, the worship team can come back as I'm finishing. Psalms 55 22. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And this is my favorite passage, I think, in the New Testament. Actually, it's a little longer than this if I'd read the whole thing, but Romans 8, 37 through 39. Talks about before this a lot of things we can go through in life that we do go through in life, of terrible things. But he says this, Paul, no, in all of these things, all of these troubles, all of these circumstances that were outlined, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, Paul says, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is good news. That is encouraging. That is powerful. That is comforting. The Spirit of God working through Paul as he writes these things. Nothing will ever separate you from the love of God. Friends watching at home on live stream or watching this later, whatever you're going through in life, listen to me. There is nothing you're going through that will separate you from God's love. You call on him in the day of trouble. His name is Jesus. And you ask him to be your Savior and Lord, to forgive you of your sins and to be your God. And he will save you, he will rescue you, and he will help you, and he will be with you in every kind of problems. Listen, when we apply the promises of God, even while we're undergoing hard trials, even hard-to-understand trials. God, why am I going through this? We're coming into an agreement with the promises of the Word of God, and thereby unleashing the power of God into our situation, and thereby bringing total victory over fear, doubt, and unbelief, and we become more, say more, more than conquerors through Him that loves us. Not just conquerors, but more than conquerors through him who loves. When we come into agreement with the promises of God and appropriate them by faith in prayer, believing God that he's going to do what he says he will do, then we become more than conquerors through him that loves us.